Barbecue's our passion, and that's just what you'll get where the Kim Burns is a barbecuer. Tales from the pits. Howdy, welcome to another episode of Tales from the Pits. This is Brian. And Andrew. And we are out here in Dripping Springs, Texas, just a little west of Austin, a little south of Austin. And we are here today with... Uh, Ryan Newland of Backline Fabrication. Backline Fabrication has been... You're starting to hear and see that name more and more in the barbecue world as you've gotten more involved in pit building and and really pit room building in some instances. Um, let's talk a little bit about because you've got a pretty varied background in welding and fabricating different uh, all sorts of different things. So, how did this get started for you? Uh, well, the fabrication aspect started um, out when I was in California and I worked for the movie studios making. Uh, movie sets, TV commercial sets, and uh, a lot of live entertainment for pop stars, uh, set um, st- stage props, I guess is what you, you know you can call them. Um, and that uh, opened up a big area of <clears throat> talent that honestly I didn't even really know I had until you just start going after it. And then you got to make certain things work and, and figure them out on your own. And, and that's where we come from. So from from fabrication and, and when you're talking about set design, that that's not just steel and welding. That's that's wood and all kinds of like you said, set design, right? So fabric, wood, everything. Correct. But most of the part, the part where I came from is I uh, I ran the special effects and metal fabrication department of a company out in L.A. Uh, but we so what we would do is we'd go ahead and, and frame everything up <clears throat> or whatever we're building out of the material, the metal, and then we would ship it off to across the driveway I guess you say and it would go to our construction shop and then they would go ahead and finish doing all the woodwork or whatnot and uh, then it goes to our scenic department and they would do all the paint and make it beautiful so what was what was the the wildest thing you built in giant pears or anything <laughs> I, I'm, I'm thinking of props for, for not everything was Willy Wonka okay <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah well we did make a huge uh speaking of Willy Wonka a big ice cream cone for a Wendy's commercial once and wow. that was pretty that was pretty elaborate uh, that was more of our sculpting department, though, and um, we just made, like, the big cup uh, out of aluminum, and then they got skinned and, and put the graphic on for Wendy's, and, well, that was cool, but some of the, if you want to know the craziest thing I think that I've done, uh, I made these, not me, the team that I was working with in California, we made these uh, floating dresses, basically is what we were calling them, for, um, for Lady Gaga and two of her dancers, and they were basic... Uh, this handicap electric cart, you know, and, mm-hmm. and we basically stripped it down and modified it, and we had to make all these components work. And basically, the girls stand on these platforms that we made, and and they drove these machines with their knees, which is a concept that we came up with. And the dress covers all that area, so they just look like they're hovering around oh, wow. stage, and there was no uh, there's no movement. Wow. So it was it was pretty epic, and it was like going through the training and all that stuff with the girls during uh, rehearsals and everything, it was, it was mind, it was mind boggling, you know, and, and you're sitting there and you're like, man, I'm with, I'm hanging out right now with the biggest superstar in the world. And it's like, you have to put that aside, you know, and, and be, and do your job. Wow. Now the, the uh, moving with your knees that, that reminds me, I like the newer segues, they have some segues that have a short oh, yeah. stick that actually, that that's kind of the same thing. So, you guys are kind of in front of the curve there. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame you had nothing to do with the Lady Gaga meat dress because that would tie into the barbecue oh, yeah. stuff really well. But. It totally would. <laughs> no, we did do, uh, we, like I said, the company I was working with did um, all of her hanging meat and all that stuff 
it was all actually foam for her world tour, her Born This Way Bowl. And uh, that was that was pretty neat, just seeing some of that stuff come to life. Um, and that's actually where I met my wife, too. She was a scenic for the company we worked for. And so she was painting all that weird stuff wow. with everybody. <laughs> walls of walls of hanging meat. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You should have seen our paint booth. It was weird looking. <laughs> <laughs> that prepared you for your future career with bangers. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Speaking a, of hanging a meat. Career, a career it is, for sure. <laughs> yes, that... In L.A., working, you know, set design, set construction, had you ever really had any experience building any sort of cooking vessels or anything like that at that time? Or? No, actually, that's kind of where it got started is in L.A. So one of the guys that I worked with, his name's Phil Rate, um, he would always come into work and always bring in pulled pork and all that. And it's like, man, Phil, this is amazing. And he's like, well, it's no big deal. You know, I just put it in my smoker. I do this and this and this. And it's like, all right, well, cool. I want to learn how to do that. So instead of doing the normal thing, going to the Home Depot or Bass Pro Shop and buying a smoker, I decided to build one. Uh, actually, the original one's actually over there by the window. I'll show you guys here in a little while. But So I built the smoker and learned how to smoke on that and realized that I, know, I didn't know anything about building smokers, but I made it work. And now it's like you try to fire it up, and it's like, well, this thing doesn't work at all, <laughs> you know, now that you have a know-how. But it was that drive that made me want to – it was it was Phil that made me want to get into cooking food and, and, and smoking barbecue. And then so I moved pull, out here to pull Texas. pork in, in California, I, I don't hear much about that. Is that uh... – I don't know if it is a thing. Yeah. It was a thing for Phil. We sure, loved it. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you hear mostly about tri-tip and, and yeah. Santa Maria style and, yep. and that type of grilling out there. Um, did you see a lot of that out in California before you came out? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was big into like grilling, not really smoking. So that was one of my signature moves is tri-tip for sure. And, and I'm still to this day. I'm diehard tri-tip. Love it. We're sorry. We'll, we'll, oh, come on. We'll, we'll work on that. <laughs> yeah. Come we, on. We'll go fire up that Santa Maria over there. Let's go cook one. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a really beautiful Santa Maria that you just built that we'll, uh, we'll definitely post yeah. up some pictures of as well. But yes, yeah, we, we're trying to we're trying to slowly convert you over to Texas. We did bring you a Valentina's taco this morning, which so, was amazing. So that's you know, amazing. Valentina's tacos are life changing experiences. They really so. are, yeah. <laughs> so good. Uh, let's talk a little bit about how you got to Texas, or you know how that big change happened to where you were ready for something new, and and how we got here, where we're standing right now. So, tell us a little bit about the the move you made. Yeah, well, it came. Uh, it was a point in, in my life where I needed a little bit of a change. So having all the, it was kind of weird actually pulling the plug on such a phenomenal industry of being in the entertainment industry, uh, and then realizing that one moment that okay, I think I'm done with this, and to have someone as supportive as my wife was at the time, and it was like, hey it's time for us to go and move on and do something different. The world's a big place. Uh, I don't want to be married to Hollywood all the time. And because, and, you know, working 90 hours a week, and that's just a standard deal. You work 90 hours, and that's it. And, you know, that's your full-time job. And people complain about 40 hours, and you're like, dude, it's nothing, you know. So I was kind of over that. And, and, I, and I mentioned to the wife, I said, if you could live anywhere besides New York and California, I said, where would you go? And she said Austin, Texas, because she's been here before. And we flew Austinites out. Austinites really love it when people do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know, I bet, right? Yeah. We're, we're, uh, we're feeling that now, too. We're like, man, all these people from California yeah. are like, no, we are them. <laughs> the cool part is it's such a cool place to live, though. It's like right. there's so much stuff to do here. Uh, you know, minus the humidity, there's 
it's, the outdoor vibe is just where it's at. And, and even when we were in LA, we would always drive around and be like, oh, well, where's a cool place where you could drink beers on a patio? And there was like one, maybe two places, unless you went really deep in Hollywood. And then who wants to deal with getting in the traffic and all that business? Uh, so when we came out here, we came to visit once she said, let's move, you know, let's do Austin or whatever. And we came to try to find jobs and, and, you know, a place to live and see how that worked. So we flew out and found a job instantly, um, at a place here in South Austin. And we found a place to live two days later. So we went back to California and it was literally two weeks after we came back, we packed our stuff and, and headed out. Yeah. And this, this part of town is great. I mean, you're, you're not far from uh, the swimming hole up the way here and Right. You're close enough that you can scoot down to San Marcos or New Braunfels, but you can also come into Austin. Uh, it's a great, and just the scenery out here too is just phenomenal. I love, I love all the limestone and stuff out here. So, yeah. how long was it after the move that that you started down the path of where you are now in terms of fabrications and restaurant work and, and now pit building? Uh, well, the company that I got hired for when I moved here um, is a place called Steelhouse Manufacturing, and basically we did architectural steel. So I was the shop manager over there uh, for two and a half years. And then after two and a half years, uh, you know, was separated from that company. And that's the exact same time when uh, a buddy of mine and I started Backline. And then um, the partner I had, he, he ended up going separate ways uh, after about like six months. Um, I, I think we were going in a direction that he wasn't wanting to go into. So he went his way and, uh, and I kept going with Backline. and. Um, we st stuck real hard our first year on doing entertainment stuff. So my first, my first job when we opened up Backline was um, the stunt pit for Lady Gaga at the Super Bowl in Houston. Huh. So the one that she jumped into at the end of her performance, we ended up building that in my driveway because I still didn't wow. have a shop. And uh, it was just one of those things where, you know, all the people in, in California, the old shop I worked at, they all did the set pieces and all that for Super Bowl, which was awesome. Uh, but then I think there was an issue with trucking space where they just couldn't fit like one last thing in the truck. And all the contacts from them know me out here that I was here. And, and they said, hey, can you build this stunt pit? And I said, yeah, no problem. So we built it, threw it on a trailer and drove it down to Houston. Well, and, did you get uh, so to that see was any of the Super Bowl or? <laughs> no, we dropped it off on rehearsal, so we didn't even go to the actual Super Bowl where the the stadium where the Super Bowl was. So we were at a, I want to say it was a college stadium that was pretty close. Rice, Rice Stadium is nearby. Uh, it it could have even been U of H's stadium. So we dropped like we did a drop off there where they were rehearsing, and and we were there for fifteen minutes, you know, and then turned around and left. Uh, so that was like the first job of the company, which was pretty awesome. And then it fed into a couple small gigs. Um, of like South by Southwest, we did a, a few things that were pretty big, but small at the same point. And then uh, landed a huge job, a huge job um, over at Long Center, which was a AMD computer parts, whatever. They did a huge launch on something new. And, and we did all of like the props throughout the building for that, which was mind blowing for us and being a little shop you guys weren't at my old shop is real small and basically that place was filled you couldn't walk inside or nothing and we finished that job and uh and i think that with the hours and everything else that's when my partner decided to go his separate ways and and uh it was two weeks after that i landed uh katie perry's world tour so we jumped right into katie perry and did stage props for her we did these 13 foot tall dice uh, we did a 16-foot-tall basketball. I could use those in my house. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, they were heavy. <laughs> but everything has to break apart, you know, and fit on prop cards and all that and, and be able to ship around the world. So uh, 
I took that job actually out to LA because I know a lot more people. So we, we did a backline job, but we did it out of a warehouse in Los Angeles. And my buddy's uh, Steve, he owns a shop out there too. He basically jumped in and, and helped me do it. And I had graphic guys out there, you know, that, that helped. So my buddy, Jesse, he did all our graphics for us on the tour. So it's nice having a background of people that I could rely on and I could trust, which out here, uh, since I just got back into the entertainment side of things, it's like I don't have that many uh, people to lean on, I guess you could say, you know, that, that understand that type of business. Right. Well, you just didn't have that network that you had cultivated for years and years of, yeah. you know, of living in L.A. And, and the whole Hollywood scene of, exactly. you know, of set design. Which is a whole different, it's a whole different ballgame of, like, work ethic. It's, it's really hard to find that that hard uh people that will work that hard for so long knowing that the payoff that you only have to work that hard for a month you know and then it's done and then you can take a week off you know or two weeks off depending how good the payday was <laughs> but uh, so anyway after the uh, after katie's tour um came back here and uh we started ripping on bangers and uh and, and how did you get how did that relationship come? that is another California story <laughs> so we lived out here and uh, so the coming back just a little bit when when I first moved here and we got and I found a job right away and and we found a house my wife's looking up on the phone and she's like let's go someplace to eat and celebrate you know we end up at bangers and uh we called everybody we knew we're like this place is awesome it's so cool all these beers you get all the sausage you know and, it, and the food is phenomenal their pickles are phenomenal uh and we didn't know anybody. So every time family would come to visit or friends, we'd go to Bangers. Oh, we're going to Bangers. You guys got to check this place out. So we went there all the time. And my buddy uh, Eric Johnson out in L.A., he and his wife came to visit. And they're like, oh, we're staying with our friends on the east side for, you know, two nights. And then we'll come stay with you guys for, you know, the other three days. And then we'll head home. And we're like, all right, cool. And then they called us and they said, hey, meet up with us over at I think the bar's called Whistler's. It's on the east side. I don't know if you've ever been there. Or Whispers or something. Uh, anyway, cool little yeah, place. Might, might be two very different bars. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it probably is, actually. So uh, we went and met up over there, and the friends that they were with was Ben and Lauren Siegel from Bangers. And uh, had no clue. But Lauren, Ben's wife, and Joanna, my buddy Eric's wife, like grew up as like really close friends. Wow. So that started a relationship where, you know, we met Ben. He found out I was a fabricator working at Steelhouse. And then that conversation started where he was talking about having Steelhouse do a bunch of the work, you know, for whatever. So this is, like I said, it was still when I was working at Steelhouse. Uh, so that's what started the relationship. And then I know Ben, he called me one day. This is months upon months later. And they were getting some heat from the health department because they were cooking on a, uh, on a gator pit on a trailer. And it wasn't enclosed. And. He's like, man, he goes, we're in big yeah, trouble. And, and at that time, they were doing just, is it once a week? or They, were, just they, were, doing, they were doing some whole hawk special events, but it wasn't a regular. Yeah, yeah and this was more, he was, I think right at the start, they were they were doing briskets and things like that for, for private events. And, uh, and he called me, he's like, man, this is like a Thursday. And he's like, man, we just got, you know, in trouble because we're not screened in. Uh, he goes, can you build me a room, a screened in room for this trailer? And I go, well, what does it need to be done by? And he goes, well, this party's on Tuesday. <laughs> and I'm like, this is Thursday, like night, like evening. And I said, yeah, yeah, we'll do it. So my buddy Dave, who lives here, and uh, the, he was my buddy at, you know, my old partner. 
he, we were friends still at the time. I said, hey, man, you want in on this gig? And we bought all the material on a Friday. And then after work on Friday, we started humping. And we built and installed this entire screen room for Ben in 48 hours. Wow. And, uh, and had it up and running. And, you know, it saved the party and all that. And I think, uh, I think that gave a lot of credibility um, to me from Ben's side of things to realize, you know, that I could pull something like that off that fast. And, uh, man, it's been a good relationship ever since. So then all of a sudden the hog boxes started being talked about, uh, you know, the smokehouse, which we that, thought that was just this, a dream for two years. You know, well, it, it's still a dream. If you go look at it, that is, that is the sexiest pit room in mm-hmm. Texas. Um, and there's a, there's several pit rooms in that list, but that is just, yeah, so the, the lighting, everything about it. Yeah. It's, and the, and the pits themselves, yeah. everything about that pit room. As soon as we saw it the first time we were like, damn it, this is going to be the envy of a lot of people in barbecue because it's just the way it's designed, the setup of it, the layout, the, you know, just visually how it looks, everything about it is just awesome. So what, uh, did you know anything about pit design and when you started doing that or how did you, how did you kind of educate yourself on how to properly build a pit? Uh, that's a mm, trial and error type thing. I think that everybody goes through. Um, and I was just doing pits for myself, uh, you know, so learning things here and there and then looking at other people's pits and, and looking at posts, you know, on Instagram and, and all that business. But when it came down to basically doing like the hog boxes, you know, chef Ted Prater over there at bangers, he came to me and he goes, man, I wish I saw the drawings cause they'd be pretty epic. We should frame and put them in that smokehouse. He <laughs> literally had napkin drawings and there were like stick figures standing there. <laughs> and it was, it was like the weirdest thing. He's like, for him, he doesn't. He didn't care. He's like, I don't care what it looks like. This is how. This is the where I need the coals compared to where I need the pig. You know, that was his basis. And then you know, you turn around, you talk to Ben, and Ben's like, No, this thing has to look epic. It's got to be. You know, we got to be a showstopper type thing. And it's like, All right. And then they did a huge um, barbecue tour themselves, where they went to a bunch of different barbecue places, and and they ended up at you know Rodney Scott's spot, and he's got hog boxes where the mm-hmm. lids lift up and and all that and they're like man this lid lifting up is a great concept we want to do something similar and in my head i'm going oh man and that that was um a, kind of a gantry where they the whole lid comes off right it doesn't or is it hinged i think they were on rodney's they, yeah the whole lid comes yeah off, the whole lid comes up. straight up yeah. yeah yeah and i don't know how he did his um because i've never seen him um i only saw what i could find on instagram and pictures uh, but when they came to me and they said, Hey, we saw this Rodney Scott pit, these things are pretty rad. You know, the lids go straight up. We want to do something like that, which was cool because you've been to the smokehouse. You can't do a pivoting lid in that smokehouse. Right. I mean, those boxes are literally pinned against the back wall. Right. So Ben asked me, can you figure it out? I said, yeah, I'll figure something out. So it's a floating dress lid box. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, I incorporated some chain and some gears and some pillow block bearings and <laughs> one-inch solid rod steel. And, you know, I, I kind of came up with a con- – I'm not a good drawer by no means, but I drew up some stuff on the computer. And I kind of showed Ben. I'm like, here's what I'm thinking. You know, and he's like, yeah, that looks cool. What's it going to look like when it's done? I said, I don't know. <laughs> uh, and he, he basically put his trust in me and, and his money, which is uh, – that says a lot. You know, for, for me, it, it said a lot to me, like, that he trusts me. Um, so all I know is we started building that thing and I hit all of Ted's, you know, minimums that he needed. And, and we had to 
change a couple things because we're trying to fit two boxes in that 13 foot space or whatnot and uh man we we came up with what it is today which is i'm pretty proud of that piece the piece is yeah it, so. it's like i said the the whole aesthetic of that pit room is just amazing and we we've sat out there and just kind of stared in awe <laughs> you know with with hogs getting seasoned right there on the on the on the pits and the burn barrel kind of in the middle yeah. I mean, like i said the, the layout is is incredibly thoughtful and uh, the pits were great and that's that's how we recognize you we were like okay we need to talk to this guy because also hog pits are pretty unusual in texas yeah and so there you know there was only other special events and a few people that had kind of built their own out of corrugated metal uh, but it you don't see that in in Texas very much, but it's growing right now. Yeah, that was. It's funny you say that too. Is is uh, when it came to coming up with the the design, like you said, of those. Is Ted was doing a couple different hog cooks anyway. The cinder blocks, like you said, and the, with the hotel pans on top, you know, holding the heat. There's a couple times where he's doing that, and and I'm running over to bangers, taking measurements of like his cinder block setup because we know that works for Ted. So basically, this room needs to work for Ted and uh and be efficient so that's why we did that whole hog box is all double insulated it's got the ceramic fiber blanket and all all the way around it uh it's got fire brick on the bottom and then quarter inch plate on top of the fire brick that thing has to hold heat so well yeah yeah, i mean you know we we see when we've done our trips i mean some people are using cardboard to seal the tops you know the and a lot of people are very very thin because these a lot of these are old school pits out there so that's kind of a, a nice blend of, of a lot of the new technology and pit building with the classic whole hog pit. Yeah, no, Very definitely. Cool. Yeah, that was, again, show-stopping piece. If, if anyone listening to this has not been to Bangers, number one, you should do that because the food is phenomenal. But we live in a visual age now, and everyone wants to, everyone wants to see the whole process of cooking. And it's, it doesn't get much better than sitting out on those you know, picnic tables at Bangers and just getting to see the whole hog process in action, and those pits are, you know, a, a great centerpiece for that. Uh, let, let's move on to a little more of the traditional builds that you've done. I know you started to, to delve into the offset smoker world, you know, the propane tank builds. Um, what was what were some of the first ones that you've done with that, and how did you kind of start down that path? Uh, that was just off of uh, demand. People wanting them. People want the uh, people want the propane tanks. They love the the look of them, and and they're proven. They cook. Right. It's efficient design. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're rounded, and, and hog cooking is a little different, obviously, but um, offset the technology. I mean, you want you want the rounded curves, and so it just lends itself perfectly to uh, to a starting piece anyway. Yeah. The the thing that got me into doing some of the offsets is because it was like <clears throat> doing the hog boxes at Banger. That was my deal. And then I did their vertical pit, you know, which is different than this kind of offset. Um, and then, uh, you know, Stephen Rosser of Rosser's Blue Corp Barbecue, he came to me with a version of, it was a, like a jambo knockoff he had. It was on a trailer, and he's like, "Man, I need this modified. I want it off the trailer. I need it on these. I need to be able to move it." So I got into his pit, and there was just so many things that were wrong with it. Like just because it was, you know, it was old and it was used. It was garage made, not by him, but you know, by somebody else. And and uh, there was smoke coming out of everywhere. And you know, I knew Stephen's story. You know, he's he's still active duty, and and it was like, man, I got to do something real cool for this dude. So. I got everything off his trailer for him. I started digging into that pit, and that's where even more passion came from because I'm like, man, these offsets, you know, are pretty cool to do, and I can definitely pull them off. And so I just started tweaking his here and there, here and there, and now he has it. It's called the Element of Surprise is his is his pit, and um, it's I borrowed it for a 
barbecue competition. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a great it's a great working pit. And then uh, it was after that I built um, a couple of my competition backyards that are offset and, you know, learning small things here and there on the first one we started building. Um, and those are done out of pipe. And, I mean, you guys saw when you pulled up, I got a bunch of 250s sitting outside getting ready to become pits. And, and we got a 500 sitting right here. Um, but uh, when it comes to building that part, I want to say it's a lot of trial and error too, but mostly it's all figuring out math. You got to figure out your airflow. If that pit doesn't flow, it's not going to work or you're going to get dirty smoke and you don't want dirty smoke. The cleaner you can make these, the more efficient you make them. Uh, the more efficient that you can get your temps from the firebox all the way to the stack, pretty close to the same, then you're making a good pit. And one of the things that obviously is draw and, and that, that leads itself to even temperatures across the pit. So it, the old school, the old school methodology wasn't like that at all. I mean, a lot of it was just getting that smoke into the chamber and just kind of letting it sit in there. Um, but to your point, you know, you get the dirty smoke, it's a lot harder to run. Um, and that's what we've seen with, with these propane tank pits. The draw is just so impressive, but it, it brings that smoke through and it brings the temperatures across, which helps keeps it even so you don't have as many hot spots. And one of the things that, that I find really cool about what you're doing and, and the builds that, you're, that you've been working on, the ones you've got coming up, is there are many great pit builders in Texas and they all do a great job. We're fans, we've cooked on a lot of them, we're fans of all of them and they're all very identical you know they're they're very precise and that's not a bad thing but there's a lot of character to your builds because you've got that creative background from set design and everything that you've got in your in your past and so you've done some really cool stuff i know you uh you you teamed up on a pit with with sunny moberg recently where you built a, a really interesting uh mobile device for that <laughs> tell us a little bit about that yeah. one because that was really fun to watch yeah, that uh, that came back too to where Sonny had this job that he was um, it was up in his queue. You know, his queue's pretty long. He's a, he's a great pit builder, so it's hard to it's hard to time things properly. And yeah, Sonny, build my pit. <laughs> <laughs> and he, uh, so I did that uh, that job for Rossler on the Element of Surprise, and, and Sonny saw the post on that and saw the the tires moving, and you know, and uh, and he hit me up and he said, "You're definitely." the guy that needs to do this job because Sonny doesn't have time to mess with that kind of thing because it takes a lot of time and he's so busy. And honestly, it was an honor for him, for me, it was an honor for me for him to call me and be like, hey, is this something you're interested in? Here's what the customer wants. And then uh, I'm like, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm not going to say no to Sonny Moberg. You know, he calls you and he wants you to team up with him. It's like, okay, I'll do it. What do you want? <laughs> you say yes before you even know. Uh, and then that motorized cart, uh, came to life and the hard part was is trying to find all the components in order to make it work right and, and that's the key it, it's motorized it's not yeah. just the wheels but but it actually has a, a a electric generator electric motor that can that can pump it around the yard which is yeah. pretty insane yeah. Yeah. forward reverse electric brakes <laughs> so as soon as you let go of the twist grip throttle it'll it'll break itself so you can literally park it on a hill and it's not going anywhere you younger kids may not get this, but you're like the pimp my ride of barbecue. Right. <laughs> where's, where's exhibit? <laughs> so, so yeah, the, do you have any other one-offs that you've done that have kind of been unique or, or anything that we can, we'll link to on Instagram too, um, that, that kind of show some of the creative process that you well, go through? Well, every, uh, every pit that I'm building or my Santa Maria's, anything that I touch are going to be different because I don't build anything the same. Uh, it's really stupid on a business standpoint because you, you can't make money doing that. 
um, but everything's real unique. And then, so what I'll do is I'll end up talking to my clients. I was going to so, say, so when somebody approaches you for a pit, it, it's building and designing a pit for their needs. It's not just like needs. I'll have the Bob or the Joe or whatever model, right? Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, they'll tell me sometimes like I got a couple, you know, five foot pipes that are that are ready for competition pits or, you know, backyard pits. And someone's like, oh, that's a foot too long. I can't fit that in my backyard or whatnot. It's like, well, cool. No matter what, we'll smoke the end off of that and we'll build you a pit so it fits, you know, or are you right handed or left handed? You know, how's this going to sit on your patio? You want the firebox on the right, left, you want the door, you want two doors, one door. You know, I don't really do counterweights. I don't like the way they look, um, but some of the doors are heavy. But I also say barbecue is not a, a pansy sport. So, you know, you're sitting there in front of the. Except for if you have an electric engine on the pit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that is a, that is a no massively. No offense, Ward. No. <laughs> and also, that's a massively heavy pit. Um, I've, got, I've got one that's uh, way too heavy to move around in the backyard. So I absolutely get that. But, yeah, no, it's great that, that you know, people can come in with a, with a design or an idea. Or I like this pit, but I want you to do B or C to yeah. it. And, that's, and, that's and to that yeah. point, too, it's. Uh, you'll have a basic idea of what you're getting on the pits. And then by the more I talk to you and the more I learn from you, or, you know, I'm that creeper on Instagram, I'll go creep your Instagram and your Facebook and I see what you're into and all your interests. And then when you come and pick up your pit, there's always a little surprise in there. You know, I, I add a little bit of personal touch to what interests the client who's going to be owning this pit. So, you know, like as an example, we did that pit for Travis Waddell and, uh, and, his family owns 444 Bulls. And so I was like, and he wanted his Texas A&M colors. That's all he wanted. I was like, all right. So we did an A&M colored pit. And, uh, and I was thinking, how can I incorporate? They had to camouflage it when they pulled it out of Austin, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I said, how, uh, how can I incorporate anything that has to do with bull riding for, for Travis? And uh, I came up with this idea. I'm like, well, how cool would it be for the handle to be either like leather wrapped, like, whatever i don't know what those handles that the bull riders use i don't know exactly what it's called but i'm like well that'd be a great idea and luckily for me um i know a lady named diane and she owns all red leather company and i hit her up and i said hey i know this is a little bit out of your you know comfort zone but what do you think about doing a barbecue handle for me she's like i'm in she's like what do you have in mind so i actually made the handle and i took it apart and i dropped it off at her house and I just kind of told her what I wanted, and she didn't listen to anything that I said. <laughs> Thank God, because she knocked it out of the park, and she hand tools everything. So she literally put the 444 logo wow. in on the handle, hand-stitched everything, put it all on the pipe for me, so all I had to do was bolt it back in. But that's a personal touch that I like to do, and Travis had no idea. And no think, one has a leather-wrapped handle. You know, and I, I know you joked about, about Pimp My Ride, but all, all I can think of right now, I, I watch a lot of the, uh, the mechanic shows the car building shows on on TV and they they do you know where they do the customization like that um, and it's always interesting to see how you can tailor something to somebody and, and like you said sometimes it's not what you have in mind and sometimes it's not what they have in mind but you get multiple artists together and at the end of the day it's something that's very unique and that's that's pretty awesome I mean I, I, w I have to go see that now yeah well now now if, if Brian if you ever get him to build a pit it's gonna have like the Miata logo on it or something <laughs> or or the Porsche or whatever yeah, or the Porsche or, uh, or whatever or, or the Yamaha have motorcycle on it. yeah Brian have... has a thousand hobbies yeah. so <laughs> thousand and one now oh, yeah, there it is. <laughs> so one of the things that we've talked about a lot on the show that we kind of see some some evolution of barbecue as a lot of 
creative people have really gotten into barbecue and you know a lot of people with chef backgrounds that that they just kind of they want to they want to take it a step further i mean everyone loves offset smoking and brisket is brisket it is king in texas but people are starting to get more into live fire grilling direct heat cooking do you have any live fire pits that you've been working on anything in your head that you're working on or uh is that something that someone could customize with you? It's something some somebody could customize with me. Um, once I did uh, the first Santa Maria grill, once again for Steven Rossler, um, it took a good energy out of Instagram. And people are like, man, that thing's really awesome. I want one of those. I want one of those. I want one you of those. You saw Pints of the Park. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Glomming all over that at Pints <laughs> in the Park. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, well, I was lucky enough to where um, Steven wanted some modifications done to it. So the, the pit was here. And Scott Fogle over at Treaty Oaks, he came by and he saw it and he's like, man, I need one of these over at Treaty Oaks. He's, you know, he's the executive chef over there. And, uh, and I said, oh, that's cool, you know, let me know. And just figured it was just, you know, talking right now. There's, you know, everyone has a want list. I'm like, oh, that's cool, you know. And then he brought the owners of Treaty Oaks over here and they looked at it and they said, yeah, we want one. And I said, well, it's not going to look like this. They're like, what's it going to look like? And I said, well, I don't know. <laughs> I said, all I can guarantee you is it's going to cook, and it's going to be badass. I said, when people come to your restaurant, they're going to look at it and go, that's pretty cool. So they're like, well, no problem. And, you know, they wrote me my deposit check, and it was like, oh, crap. Well, now i got to build one. <laughs> so then in my head, I'm going, well, what's it going to look like? Still didn't know. I honestly, I finished it two days ago, so uh, minus paint. And we're dropping it off on Tuesday. But that's uh, for live fire. Those, I think, are going to be um, a big hitter, uh, I hope, because they're fun. Um, they're actually super efficient because I insulate even those, too. I'm double-insulated walls on those. It's not just a quarter-inch piece of steel. Um, they're all inch-and-a-half thick with a ceramic fiber blanket. Everything I do is insulated. Um, the only other thing that I would want to do, which is, I don't know, would you call a portable hog box live fire? Yeah, sure. Yeah, because I'm trying to do. Uh, that's my next deal. Is I'm going to do a backyard version for the every guy, everyday Joe who wants to be able to cook a whole hog, oh, I cannot or wait who to wants see to that. learn. That, so in, that's that's like been in our theory. drawings yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. We said we want this, and we want to yeah. be able. I mean, BQ Cookers makes a really good one. They they have a couple of different models, um, and same thing. They've got a trailer hitch. You can roll them around. Um, you can squeeze it in your backyard if you if you can try. But as far I, as Texas, I mean, they're in yeah. they're in Elm City, North Carolina, oh, which yeah. is way eastern North Carolina. So as, there's not a whole lot of people building anything like that in Texas right now. And then as whole hog has become more popular within the state, I think there's definitely a market for that. And there's going to be people that are looking for a build like yeah, that. Lake lake parties and and hog cooks, yeah, present and, company included. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, all ours are going to have you know the bigger pneumatic tires, the golf cart tires, and all that, so that people can move them around. And and the cool part of the way that uh, I'm designing these is you could pull them up on a trailer. You know, like I could take that hog box, put it on this eight foot trailer right here, go to a cooking competition. You're not going to cook that on the competition, but man, it's going to be a showstopper when you do open up the lid, and there's a whole hog in there, and you got you're just doing that to feed you know all the buddies right. around. Well, it's even versatile for you know cooking chickens and cooking yeah. steaks on. I mean, it's you know can be used from a you know a grill setting as well. Yeah, I think I think it's kind of a misnomer to always call them hog boxes in Texas because yeah, there's there's so many more meats. I mean even I mean goat, chicken, pork steak. There's there's plenty of meats and proteins that you can cook on it. Um, that's hog. why, and hog, yeah, that's why, <laughs> that's why we, we want, that's one of our, our thousand pits that we're going to have in our, our, our yeah. pit warehouse at some yeah, point. Yeah, pit uh, Disneyland that yes. we're trying to build, but, uh, but yes. Well, that, that was kind of like Lerma's backyard. 
Yeah, pretty or, much. Or Ben's backyard at, at Lerma's party. Uh, yeah, yes, that it, was that was insane. Just to walk through this, it, I mean, Disneyland of pits. The pits that you're building are, are really exciting, and again, it's it's fun to see the the touches you put on it. You know, the things that make it unique to the, to the person, the things that make it unique to your business as well. Uh, again, it's not to disparage any other pit builders. We love them all, but. Um, it's really cool to have some personality in in the build, and yeah, we really like to see how each each pit builder is doing that yeah. too. You know, there's certain design features. I know when when we went out to Millscale a while back, um, and and they're creating design features on their pit that you look at it and you go, oh, that's a Millscale. Yeah, like the brass yeah. rivets and right. things like that. Yeah, because yeah. because I mean, honestly, you know, a, a propane tank with a square firebox or a round firebox, they all look kind of similar, um, and and for reality, a lot of them flow similar. I know that there are, there are definitely some differences, but. Um, being able to see kind of those those I wouldn't say trademarks because that, maybe that's true actually but but some of the marks that they're using and some of the design influences and that, that's what's great because there's an art and a science to this and it's just great to see that merge together and then have something that you're going to keep passed down for generations um, and yet there's a uniqueness to it. Yeah. That's what's good about these pits too. You know, we talked earlier about the propane tanks and, and things like that. It's not your average Home Depot build, you know, out of you know 18 gauge steel i mean that last maybe three years if you're lucky after you move them around all the bolts fall out and stuff like that i mean these are real deals these the pits we make and you know moberg and mill scale and all these guys they're they're going to last a lifetime you know and it comes to the point where if if you're burning them enough like 90 percent of the mobergs are burning 24 hours a day and that's just yeah. what they do and you know if you go through and you get to the point where you're burning through your firebox you just roll another plate and you stick in the firebox because the tank, the cooking chamber is going to always be there. So you can always remodify stuff. But, yeah, like you said, it's a hand-me-down. Grandkids to their grandkids, their grandkids everyone's going to have them, you know, and, and it could, it's a lifelong deal. And it's an investment. You know, these things aren't cheap. So people are making a serious investment when they buy one of these. I think I think that's the big difference, too. Um, we know somebody that unfortunately had to sell their, their pit because of uh, business reasons. But, it, you know, these are these are things that, haven't really dropped in value and with the cost of steel and everything else going up and tariffs and import fees all of that these these things hold their value this you can go on craigslist and you can find you know we won't disparage any names but the any of these you know home depot or academy pits and they're for a fraction of the price and they're rusted out and you have to replace the grates where, where we've seen these for sale and some of them are very close to to the original price so it's definitely it, it's it's a lasting product it's something you can hand down and, and in some cases it's it's a it's an investment for sure absolutely so if someone were looking for a pit what's the best way to contact you uh it's best way is either hit us up uh dm us through instagram um at backline fab and uh or you can uh email me at ryan at backlinefab.com um that's probably the the two easiest ways or you know come and see us that's even cooler because then you can put your hands on some of these and actually see what see what they're all about. Yeah, it's it's, it's a fun little toy shop wonderland of barbecue nerddom yeah. right now. So every you know, every pit builder has been awesome to go visit because um, you know they're they're always working on other projects too, and so we get to get to touch and see and feel. And um, yeah, for somebody that's going to make the investment, I think I think sitting down and talking with whoever they're gonna they're gonna work with is great because you can get some of those ideas of what what they really want maybe they want something slightly different yeah and, and of course always the magic pit builder question what's the time frame for order to delivery obviously it varies depending on what you want but typically how long does it take you to uh, to complete a project we're about a, a month out okay so if you get if you drop us a line and be like hey i want this so by the time i start your project it's gonna it's gonna take about a month 
Okay. And that's, I'm a one man show, you know, unfortunately. So everything that you've seen in here, everything you've seen coming out of this shop, minus the bangers pits, uh, pretty much I'm building on my own. Minus I have good connections, like my new fireboxes for my uh, smaller pits. You know, I get them cut out of laser from Supply Laser Company. Uh, Jonathan Duke over there, he cuts those parts for me, and and uh, that makes it nice and easy for my competitions. Those are the only fireboxes that will ever look the same or my backyards and all that. But the colors change, handles change, that kind of stuff. But the shape and, and all that, those are going to be the same because I, I, I have pallets of them sitting right there getting ready to be put together. Nice. So, so yeah, if you want... If you want something custom made, you know, whether it's a live fire grill, we're looking forward to seeing the backyard hog live fire models, <laughs> the Santa Maria grills, the offset propane smokers. Or a giant ice cream cone or a floating dress. Or a floating dress. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what need the home person would have for that, but hey. You know, it's Austin. It's Austin. You never know. You never know. It, it would, you know, might help you get around on, on Rainy Street a little bit if you can just operate it with your knees and... <laughs> no, I think somebody got arrested for that on Rainy Street <laughs> for operating on their knees. <laughs> well, that's a good note to end on. <laughs> well, thank you for the time. Thank you for putting yes, up sir. with the hijinks of these two idiots across the table. Um, we're, we're looking forward to seeing the future builds you got coming up because you're doing some really exciting stuff. Well, I'm honored you guys came here. Thank you. It's a, it's a pleasure talking to you guys. Thank you.